So this morning as we hear his word, as we just engage with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, ask us to open our hearts and just uh, let's hear what he has to say to us this morning. If you have your Bibles, won't you take them out please and turn to the book of Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. Is it? Is it better? Is it better? Great. So Philippians chapter 3 and verse 9. I can use the mic if you, that will be better as well. Should I try that? And I'll come closer as well. Is that better? Great. Thank you, Is. Is better? Wonderful. So, Philippians chapter 3 and verse 9 is the verse for today. And um, this is what it says. And be found in him not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, through the righteousness which is from God by faith. Let's read from verse 7 so we can just put it together. Verse 7 says, But what things were gained to me? This is Paul writing to the Philippians and he's telling them, those things that were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Verse 8, yet indeed I also count all things, so not just those things that he had counted as gain, but everything else he says, I, count, I counted um, all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ. Verse 9, the verse for today. And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. So two weeks ago, um, I asked us two questions. And the first was, how do you see yourself 
before God. And the second one was, how do you think God sees you? So the first one is, how do you see yourself before God? And the second one was, how do you think God sees you? And after the study of the first uh, part of this verse 9, we start by saying, and be found in him. We um, learned and discovered that actually God sees us in Christ Jesus. And that in itself should then shape how we uh, see ourselves. So how God sees us is what shapes us in terms of how he, uh, we see ourselves toward God. And remember that Christ, as per his word, is perfect. He has perfect position before God. And if that's the case, it means that you and I have perfect position before God. For we hold the same status quo as Jesus holds before God. If Jesus has perfect righteousness... And he does, so too do we have perfect righteousness. If Jesus has eternal life, and we know that he does, so too we have eternal life. Therefore, our, our understanding, our thinking, our perception of how we see ourselves before God should be shaped on the basis of the fact of how Jesus sees us, how God sees us. And that was all about our position, our position before God. So before God, without Jesus, we are uh, sinners. We are those who are destined to an eternity away from God the Father. But with Jesus in our lives, we are uh, different. We stand before God as though we are Jesus. When God looks at us, He looks at us and sees Jesus in us. And so that shapes our perception, that shapes or should shape the way we think about ourselves. Right, so that's about position. Our position before God as Christians, as His children. We are perfect in His sight because Jesus is perfect in His sight. Right? But then the question still remains, which is the question for today, is then if that's the case, then how do I continue living this life for the glory of the King of Kings. Because we here, we haven't gone to heaven yet. Jesus hasn't come back for us. Therefore, we are found here and we are to live in this world for His glory. But we know that it's challenging. It's difficult to live in this world but because we are not of this world, but we are in this world. So how do we continue in a world that is darkened, in a world that is full of um, corruption in a world that is full of just evil and stuff that is not right. How do we continue to live this life for His glory? Well, let's look at verse 9 and, and make some sense of it and we'll get to understand a few um, uh, how, a few reasons to how and um, we will live this life for Him. So verse 9 says, I'll read it again. And being found in him. Remember, that's uh, Paul's beginning in the verse, speaking about the Philippian church, the Christians, those who are born again, they are found in Jesus Christ. So their position is different. And it says, not having my own righteousness, 
which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. The righteousness which is from God by faith. Now, in order for us to, to answer today's question as to how we are to continue living this life for the glory of our King, the one that we sang about, we're going to exalt Him. How do we continue? How do we do that? There are two kinds of righteousness that we need to be aware of. Okay, so we saved. We'll be with Christ in His heavenly dwelling one day. But, so that does not, it means that our position before God here on earth is different. We stand before God set free. We stand before God uh, um, in righteousness. Jesus' righteousness. We stand before God this morning perfect in Jesus Christ. But we still have to live this life, as I said. So let's understand. So there are two kinds of righteousness that we need to be aware of that operate in life as, for us as Christians. The first is this, this is a false righteousness. I'm sure you've heard of that, false righteousness. Um, this is counterfeit um, righteousness, a man-made righteousness. It is a fake righteousness, a synthetic righteousness, a righteousness of man's endeavor. So you're trying to be righteous in your own energy? Stop. In God's eyes, self-righteousness is false righteousness. I'll say that again. In God's eyes, um, self-righteousness, us are doing our endeavor, our endeavors, he sees the, that as false righteousness. This is human righteousness. See, at death one day, we can never stand in our own righteousness. Our own righteousness uh, from trying to live up to the standards of the law. That will be consumed one day in the fiery judgment of God's perfection. Now you remember Paul's um, own righteousness was his religious, his religion, his religious standing, how he was, how he was put together, how he was proud of the things that he achieved as a, as, a, as a religious man. He had all the religious bills paid, he thought, but he was not right with God. So do we think we got our religious um, uh, bills paid? Do we think of that? Do you think you're right before God because of the tick boxes that you continue to do and follow every day. Human righteousness is commendable in the eyes of men. So your righteousness, your good deeds, all those things are commendable to each other. I commend you for those deeds. Good works, integrity, responsibility, and honesty are all good in the sight of men. They are all good on a horizontal level, but not on a vertical level. These things do not commend us to God. We cannot become Christians by turning a new leaf, as it were. 
Now that's a hard statement to make because we think we have to be doing good stuff. We, we must be doing, uh, we must live a righteous life. And the truth is you do. But I'll explain how we are to do it so that it is commendable before God. But this morning, with all of this, with all this understanding, us as Christians, this life that God has given to us and blessed us with, I'm here to remind someone here, perhaps, myself particularly, that Christianity is not a matter of dropping old habits and acquiring new ones. Becoming a, a Christian involves coming to God bankrupt of any self-righteousness and depending solely on Christ's righteousness. You, uh, you might know what Isaiah 64 verse 6 says. It says this, that all our righteousness are like filthy rags. It doesn't say some of our righteousness, some of our good works. It says all our righteousness are like filthy rags. Good works are dependent upon the energy of the flesh. And that's the point. The point is your energy, your effort, you trying to be right, you trying to do things right in your own energy is like filthy rags before God. You cannot do right. You cannot, do, you cannot compare. You cannot achieve that, um, that standard God has set for himself because he is what? Perfect. Christianity is a relationship and not a religion. It was uh, Moses who wrote in Romans 10 verse 5, For Moses writes about the, the righteousness which is of the law. The man who does those things shall live by them. So if you do those things by, uh, that are in the law, you will live by them. You'll be bound by the law. You will, you will be bound. You will not be free. And remember Jesus says, for freedom that he has come to set us free. Yet Moses would say, because of those things, if we live by those things in the law, we will be bound by them. In other words, the righteousness that is of the law is summed up in one word. The word is do. D-O. We never know when we have done enough. The uncertainty produces that uncertainty. Have I done enough? Have I? Have I? Have I? It produces anxiety that will never be satisfied. It will never be satisfied. We never know whether the uh, quality is good enough. We never know whether the quantity is large enough. We work and hope, but never know for sure whether we have done enough in this life, even to the point of reaching death's door. How's that? You've been saved. You're positionally right before God, but we are in this world. We've got to live this world in a way that glorifies Him. But you never know whether you've done enough. Is, is, your, is your life 
Are you doing it right? Is it bringing glory to the King of Kings? Is it not? Um, have I paid my, my dues enough? Have I prayed enough? Have I gone to church enough? Have I, have I communicated enough? Have I loved enough? Have I all these have I have? We never know. We just never know. See, that's a first righteousness. Self-righteousness we need to be aware of as we live this life whilst we're still on this, on, on this earth. So remember, we're trying to answer the question, how do we live this life to, in a way that um, b- brings God the glory? How do we do that? So the first point, the first thing we need to be aware of, that there is this thing about self-righteousness. There's this righteousness that is found in the law. It still exists. Jesus came, fulfilled the law, but the law still exists. It's still within us. It's still around us. We need to be aware of the second thing. The second righteousness is the righteousness whereby nothing in my hands I bring. Simply to the cross I cling. That's the second righteousness. So the first one is I come with my doings, my energy, my ability, my my wisdom, my um, education, all those things. I commend myself before God. The second one is we stand before God and to Him I go with nothing and I cling to Him with everything. It is a righteousness that is a gift from God through Christ Jesus. And that's what we need to pursue. The righteousness that is found in Jesus rather than the righteousness that is found in us through the law. Trying to keep things going. Trying to be right before God. These two types of righteousness cannot commingle. They are mutually exclusive. It is impossible to mix them. You cannot have human righteousness, in inverted commas, in God's ultimate righteousness co-mingling with uh, each other. It is impossible. It's either, um, it is an other or situation. One is man's righteousness and the other is God's. This is human righteousness versus imputed righteousness. And you see, God's righteousness rests on revelation on God. On God's provision solely. Not on anything that we are able to do. Not in our, in our own self-effort. It, that righteousness rests solely on Jesus Christ. This is self-surrender. How many of us think it's easy to self-surrender? How many of us can say, Hey man, it's easy. I want to self-surrender and surrender everything. It's easy. No, because there's a pride in us. There's a way in us. There's a carnal nature in us that fights and wages against the things of the Spirit. So when I want to surrender, I want to pick it up and say, no, 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 I can make a plan. I can, uh, I've, got, I've got the answer. Uh, I can do it. It is difficult to self-surrender. It's difficult to surrender. But you see, faith is the collapse of every effort of human capacity. So your uh, effort 
needs to collapse. Your capacity, those things that you've been given, that you're able to do, your power, your energy, your intellect, all those things need to be at a place where you, they collapse. You don't rely on them. You rely on Jesus Christ. And so, and when we do that, we can take comfort only in God's righteousness, knowing that Jesus is perfectly righteous. And if He lives in us, then we, are sta- we stand positionally right before God. We are um, His children. He has called us. He has saved us. He has a plan. He has a purpose for us. Therefore, we can stand before Him and be proud and stand proud, not in ourselves, but in Him. And when we do that, then the glory doesn't come to us, it goes to Him. See, to believe is to view God as the affecting subject. We give God the glory by self-surrender. If God does the doing, then God gets the glory. So you've heard me mention that before. If God does the doing in your life, then God gets the glory. If we do the doing, then we get the glory. The issue here is a contrast between the glory of the flesh, the carnal nature, versus the glory of Jesus Christ. And these exclude each other. Are you guys with me? So there are two types of righteousness. Self-righteousness and Christ-righteousness. We we are saved, we are called, and we, we represent Christ here on earth. We have imputed righteousness. God gives us His righteousness because we're His kids. So that we can represent Him in this world. But the trouble with us kids is that we want to take on our own self-righteousness. We want to make things happen for ourselves because in our power, in our own ability, we then get the praise. Jesus says, says, no, no, take on my yoke for it is light. Take it on. Don't take, up, don't take your one. Don't try and work it by yourself. Take upon yourself me. Work within my bounds. Follow me. Live as our lead and guide. And that will bring you such freedom. Such freedom. So we have to live this life in view of, as we know, to following Christ and in His ways. Following His righteousness. Following His, his attributes. Uh, working towards those things that He has called us to. Not because we get the glory, but because then He gets the glory. And guess what? Even when you are trying it, it's not you. You just surrender and say, God, I cannot do it by myself. Help me. And he does that. And then he gets the glory. There are many occasions, many stories I can testify this morning and say, it wasn't me. I look at myself, where I am and where I've come from. It was not me. It was not my intellect. It was not my education. It was not my ability. It is Solely Jesus Christ in me. And I can stand and say this to you this morning and guess then what happens? God gets the glory. Because it wasn't me. It wasn't me. It was Him who did it. And that is how we are to live this life. 
on earth until he comes uh, for us. So this other kind of righteousness is different to man's righteousness, as I said. The first, there's a righteousness that we produce, right? But that righteousness that we produce, the word says, is laborsome. It makes us tired. It is work. It's hard work. Then there's a righteousness that God produces. And that righteousness is what we need to err on, is, what, is, the, is the line we need to be focused in our lives and calling on to Him to help us in it. And when that happens, man, then life becomes that much easier. Have you ever thought to yourself, um, I had this uh, thought or uh, picture, a fish swimming downstream. Now with the, with the the waves and the... Uh, when it's swimming, it's so freely doing what it's called to do. You agree with me? It's, it's, it's swimming. It's doing what it's supposed to do. Can you imagine that fish trying to swim upstream against the flow of the water? Man, you can, that, that is such hard work. So then why do we find ourselves in that place? Often as Christians, we find ourselves trying to swim upstream in this life, rather than actually getting into the sweet stream of Christ and flowing with Him. And then we just maneuver. We just swim. I'm not a swimmer, but um, it looks so wonderful when it's done right. But that's because we then try and live this life in our own self-righteousness, in our own self-effort rather than actually relying on Jesus Christ, the, the hope of glory, the one that we sing to, and then we swim with the, the downstream. Or it's like trying to run against the wind. It is, it is harder. It's hard work. That's not how Christianity is actually meant to be. Christianity, here on earth, as God has blessed us with this life, to show the world His light, is actually meant to be easy. But it can only be easy if we depend and rely solely on Jesus Christ. Not in our own ability. Not even in the ability that God Himself has given to you. Don't depend on that. Depend on Him. And only Him. You will remember Romans 3 verse 10 says that there is none righteous... No, not anyone. So you think you're righteous, my friends. I'm sorry to say that you're not. You're not. As per the word of God, no one on earth is righteous. And this, you might think, well, I do good things. I've tried to be like Paul. Uh, there's some standards that I've lived up to. I am religious. I have ticked those boxes. What this Roman scripture is saying is that none is righteous in reference to God. I might be righteous in reference to you or compared to you, but I'm not righteous in reference to God. No one measures up to God's righteousness. People are uh, righteous with respect to one another, but not in respect to God. Now, that, itself, that, that sentence, that, that statement messes everything in my life because I am able, I'm able-bodied, I can do stuff, I've learned, I've got abilities. 
But those abilities, even those abilities that maybe are supposedly supposed to be bringing God glory, even those do not necess- cannot compare to God's level of righteousness. So I'm not to depend on those things. I thank Him for those, and I do the best that I can as He leads me to swim downstream rather than upstream. And as I do that, life becomes easier. Um, to some degree, I'm able to achieve the things that He... And if, if you remember... Uh, Ephesians 2 verse 10, he has gone ahead and prepared good works for every single one of us, his children, that we may walk in them. If that's true, then why are we swimming upstream rather than swimming downstream? Why do we fight against the things of God rather than following the things of God and allowing him to Be glorified. Give it up. Give up. Give it up. And as you do that, He gets the glory. And you'll find when you're swimming downstream, your life is more enjoyable. It is not without challenges, absolutely, but it is more enjoyable. You find that you enjoy your life. You find that you find things are easier. Uh, Those challenges come, but you overcome them. But you don't overcome them in your own energy. You overcome them through the energy of Jesus Christ. And we know that the word of God is true. John 17, 17 says that his word is truth. So therefore, Ephesians 2, 10, that says he has gone ahead and prepared good works, means that it is true. So our responsibility is that we are to find what is that river? What does it flow? And how do I fit into it? Not, not where is it and how do I get in to swim against it? No, it's what is it? And how do I get in and swim with it? So that I can be, you'll find that when you swim in downstream, you will find that you have fulfillment. You have fulfillment. You look at others and they are striving. Striving is not meant to be our part. You find that you're just walking. You're cruising as it were. And that's the kind of life that God wants us to live. And as you're cruising, as you are living, as you're enjoying life, despite all the challenges, people that, that will ask you, how come? How can you be so comfortable and so joyous when life is just so challenging? And you can stand and say, because I am the son of the most living God. There's, I have a hope in him. You can then represent him freely. Not trying to make things up. Oh, it's hard. You're trying to make up excuses. No, no, there's a reason why you're excited. There's a reason why you live in this life. There's a reason why you are happy. There's a reason why you don't have that, that, that your bank account is low, but you're still smiling. You are ill, but you can still function. You're still focusing. Why? Because you're swimming downstream rather than upstream. So this morning I do ask you, are you swimming upstream in your life? Are you swimming downstream? See, to become a Christian, a person must stop working for salvation. We know that. We know that salvation is not earned. You cannot earn salvation. It is given to you as a free gift from God. We say free gift, but it cost him, his son, his, whole, his life. So we get it as a gift it's free. We must stop. We didn't work for it. It was given to us. And so for us here on, on earth, 
work in the church, in the community, in this world that we find ourselves is a result, not a cause of salvation. So don't work to get your salvation. You work because of salvation, because God has gone ahead and prepared good works for you not to walk into. So there is work to be done, but that work brings glory to Him, and that work is, that work is easy because He's doing it for you and in you. So why do you and I continue striving, continue working? Why do we continue to try to become more righteous in this life? I ask this morning. You see, man cannot manufacture God's righteousness. God's righteousness must be given to you and I. We can manufacture the, the, uh, the false righteousness. It's easy because we can see it. We can quantify it in some ways. You cannot manufacture God's righteousness because it's a gift from Him. He decides to give it to you. He decides to impute it um, in your life. He gives it to you. Are we together? See, these two types of righteousness are mutually exclusive, like I said. They cannot mix. God does not take 50% of your good works, your good righteousness, and 50% of His, and mix them together so that you can have a good life or an easier life. He doesn't do that. He imputes only His righteousness. Only his righteousness. Because when God sees Christ, it is done. He is perfectly pleased with Christ. But Christ lives in us. When God looks at us, he sees Christ in us and therefore he's pleased with us. Therefore we don't have to work for our righteousness. Therefore we don't have to work for these things. We just have to swim, swim downstream and, and we find fulfillment. And give him the glory as a, as a um, result. And you must remember God demands perfection. And you and I know that we are very far from being perfect. I have uh, a, a, a friend, uh, a gym, gym guy uh, who says, no, I'll, I'll, you know, we'll be gymming, we'll be working things out. And he's like, and I say, hey man, that's, that's cool, you, you, you're doing very well. And um, he'll, he'll, but then I'll say, no, no, but um, you're not perfect. There's still work to be done. And he'll joke with me and say, yeah, yeah, Joe, you know, I'm not perfect, but man, I'm close to it. Man, I'm close to it. I think to myself, that is human nature, is it? I'm close to it. But the truth is, you know, you're, not very, you're not even an inch close to perfection because you'll never attain perfection in your own right, in your own, in your own self-energy. It's impossible. So in closing... There are two righteousness that we need to be aware of as we live this life. Remember, we are here. We don't know when we're going to go home. So therefore, we have a life to live. And this life that we need to live, that we are living, remember, it's a gift from God. And therefore, we need to represent Him in a way that brings glory to Him. So there's self-righteousness, human effort, your effort. And then there's God's righteousness. His perfect righteousness. Self-righteousness can never satisfy God's righteousness. 
Paul would have told you that after all the years that he believed, uh, the things that he did. He could never be right before God. Only Christ's righteousness can satisfy God's righteousness. Uh, some people, I would imagine, I'm sure you've heard of stories, some people think, um, uh, or try and earn God's favor. Do you try and earn God's favor? I do. I, I, I try and earn God's favor by doing stuff, by doing good things. By, and, and in the back of my mind, in the front of my mind, I'm thinking I'm, I'm supposed to be doing this. This is a good thing. But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, ah, oh, man, I'm just, I'm just doing, uh, I'm trying to earn favor from God because I'm doing all these good things. We try to bribe God. A big one in the church, in business uh, folk in, in who are Christians, is we try and bribe God by, number one, tithing. Number two, witnessing. So you know, um, Matthew 28 says that we are to go into all the nations, preach the word of God, uh, you know, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So we need to go and, and, and evangelize. But, but we need to do that. We understand that. But when we do it, I, I think we often will try and bribe God. Well, God, I'm doing that, so therefore you owe me because I'm doing what you asked me to do. Rather than saying, God, okay, I need to do that, I understand. Now, if I look at your word, Ephesians 2.10, you have gone ahead and prepared good works. Okay, so what is that good works? Where have you called me to? And as I go there, then I start finding it easier, as, as it were. Um, you've called me to give. Uh, you've called me to tithe. You've give, called me to give generously, not out of compulsion, but rather out of uh, a... a a generous heart. So you, you, you say in, in one, I think it's 1 Corinthians 9, it says that you are to prepare yourself. You decide how much you want to give. And then you prepare. And you come and you give. But you give it out with a joyful heart rather than, oh, I've got to give. I've got to give. Oh, I've got to go witness. I've got, there's this evangelistic um, event I need to go to. I don't really feel like it, but I've got to do it. Well, how about asking God, Father, have you asked me to go and evangelize there? They're uh, evangelizing there, but have you called me to go and evangelize there? Have you, ever thought of, have you ever asked yourself that question? Even within the church, church activities, we walk together, yes, but God, have you called me to do that thing? Or am I going to be swimming upstream rather than downstream and finding your sweet spot? It's the same thing. So when we do those things, we think to ourselves, God will bless us. God will look after us. God, those things, I am protected. I am, if I do those things. Can I burst our bubbles? If you do all those things, why do bad things in inverted commas happen to you and I? If we do these things, why do we, get, why do we fall ill? If we do all these things, why do, we, why do we lack? See, when you do that out of our own self-interest, 
it's almost trying to bribe God. It's trying to bribe God. If I do that, God, then you will do this. You cannot bribe God. No money in the world, no love, no nothing, no event in the world is big enough for you to ever be able to bribe God. So when Jesus, when God looks at you, He sees Jesus in you. And so He blesses you, not because of what you've done, but because of what Jesus has done, and Jesus is in you. Can I make a controversial statement? In, in, in I think we are all uh, mature believers. If you n- never ever have to serve God in our sin, in our understanding, do you know that God can still, in fact not can, will still bless you? He will still look after you he will still engage with you. Yes, there's some kind of um, distancing, there's some th- shortfalls, as it were. But if you never ever serve God in our understanding, God will still look after you. Why do I say that? Because positionally, you stand before God right. That does not change. You're right before God, whether you give or not, whether you pray or not. Whether you witness or not, you are right before God. Whether you swim upstream or downstream, you are right before God. So the best thing that we do is to find out where is this river of God going? Where is this stream going? And let's jump in as it were. This is just picture language. Let's jump in and give him the glory. So how are we to live this life? Until we go home, until Jesus comes back, is we are to depend solely on him. Everything. So uh, come to him again and again, bankrupt. Forget about your possessions. Forget about your intellect. Forget about your experiences. Forget about all those things. Come to him every day, completely bankrupt and depend on him and as you do that you can reflect back and say actually God to to you be the glory because it wasn't me it actually wasn't me can I ask us to close our eyes Lord Jesus thank you for your goodness thank you for the truth of your word Thank you, Lord, that you bless us because Christ is in us. Not because of what we do or what we have done, but because of what Jesus Christ has done. Thank you, Lord, that when we are swimming downstream as we are meant to, this brings glory to your holy name. It brings fulfillment to us, satisfaction And we just find that life is beautiful because you have created it to be that way. Thank you, Lord, that we cannot earn or deserve your favor. We cannot measure up to absolute righteousness. All we can do 
is rest in the provision that you have for us through Jesus Christ. So this morning, God, I ask that you would set us free from the bondages where the enemy has come and is painted and labeled and, and um, just covered up the truth. I ask Jesus that you would free us from it. Open our eyes where we have become blind. For your glory. And thank you, Lord, for the gift of life. Thank you, Lord, that we're still on this earth. Thank you, Lord, that you do still have a plan and a purpose for us. We ask that you show us again if we've forgotten. And if we've come out, we've moved away from the downstream. Father, I ask that you help us to get back into it. And help us, Lord, to swim gracefully depending on you. In Jesus' strong and mighty name I pray. Amen. As I said, dinner is served, but uh, coffee and tea is served outside. You are welcome to to co-mingle together. <laughs>